You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. And while usually this podcast is about all things metal and everything in between, and while this episode is still a production of TheMetalRobot.com, created and hosted by Tom McKay, this episode of the podcast is going to be very different than previous episodes. And there's a reason for that. It's uh, primarily because, you know, there's no guests on this podcast, although we do have a couple clips from people I have talked to. Um, for the most part, it's just me talking about a topic, which we haven't done in a while. Uh, but I feel like in this case, it was definitely required that, you know, we just talk about this topic uh, in full. And this topic in particular, it's one topic this time out, which also we haven't done in a while. It's about Astro World and, and the entire uh, the mass casualty event of the festival that happened last month. And I know that it's a bit late to talk about it, so I guess, like, we're in December now. We're in, like, close to mid-December now, and this event took place, like, uh, towards early November. So it's been over a month by this point. And there's a reason why uh, we're talking about it now, why I want to talk about it now, and why I didn't scrap this idea. Because I've been, I want to talk about this a month ago, but I kept it in, the back, in my back pocket until now. And I'll get into why that is once we get into this, but... Hopefully you'll stick around for this because I do have a lot of points that I want to hit home in this one. And it's very important that we continue to talk about this. So without further ado, let's not waste much more time and let's get straight into it. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. So as discussed a second ago, we'll be talking about Astral World and the Travis Scott situation that happened about a month ago. And because it was a month ago, I do, before we even get into, like, the main thing I want to talk about here, I want to quickly uh, catch up to speed on what happened there and kind of give you some context for the details of the event. So, uh, to catch you up, uh, basically, to give you the timeline here, chaos uh, began very early in the day. Uh, Fans were storming the entrance. Many were just no regard for, you know, fucking walking, because apparently that's no longer a thing. And things just got a whole lot worse around 9 p.m., actually. That's when Travis Scott took the stage. Around that point, people were pushing and surging towards the front of the stage, causing people in the front to be compressed. At some point, about, like, I think 38 minutes into the show, uh, it was declared a mass casualty event. Uh, But despite that, Travis continued to perform until about 10.10. So about 32 minutes after it was declared as a a, uh, mass casualty event. And during this time, people were screaming for help. Uh, people were calling for medics. Uh, some people were trying to get the, the attention of the camera crew to get fucking call somebody, anybody. At some point, people were chanting to stop the show, stop the show. Like, it was pure chaos at this entire time. At some point, medics did arrive uh, to help uh, to help some people, but they, of course, couldn't really get much done because people were climbing on top of the car, and not doing anything, and all the while, Travis Scott is still performing and not stopping. He stopped at one point to help one of the fans, but he really just decided to continue on afterwards with no regard for everybody else shouting, help and medic. It's a horrible situation that this entire thing happened. And really, when I heard about this back in back in November, I was beyond furious. I'm like, how do you, how does this even happen? And that's what I want to talk about here. Like, how did this happen? But more importantly, who 
is to blame here. Who is to blame? And to talk about this, let's start off with, you know, how was this able to happen? And we start off with the crowd. What happened in the crowd? Uh, usually, th with what happened here, it's a matter of, you know, a rowdy crowd rioting and compressing and not having any regard for human safety. And a lot of it could also boil down to a lot of intense idolism of Travis Scott. Which, I mean, yeah, that doesn't make much sense. But at the same time, why else would you try surging towards Travis Scott? Because you want to get his new shoes or something like that? Well, be careful if you do that. Apparently, in the past, he's actually had his had the crowd beat that guy up for trying to grab his shoes. So just be careful about that. Uh, but yeah, like like I said, there was like no regard for human safety at this entire time. Uh, from uh, quotes from people at the event, one of the quotes is that the crowd was moving so violently that people fell on top of us. And while they fell, people fell on top of them. There was layers and layers and layers of people falling. On top of that, people were also allegedly not caring about the fallen patrons and just deciding to walk over them. At that point, we can easily point to, like, all the crowd were fucking morons. You don't walk over people if they've fallen down, you pick their ass up. Even in, in the metal community, met, metalheads are quick to point out that the crowd were just idiots. If people are falling over, you pick them up. But that is very, very uh, super Trey uncool thing to do. And I know there's going to be some people who have already said and will continue to say, but hold on, mosh pits are going to have people getting rowdy. And yes, that is how you sound. People are going to get rowdy in mosh pits. You've got to know that if you're getting into a mosh pit, you're bound to get hurt. Maybe, maybe, but there is a lot more to it. And even then, I know there's going to be some people who are going to be like, hold on, wait, you're a metalhead criticizing us for your mosh pit. Your concerts are far worse. You have mosh pits all the time that are so violent that Satan himself joins in from time to time. <sighs> okay, there's a lot to cover there. First of all, if Satan was in that mosh pit, I'm pretty sure the pit would stop to get a picture with who they think is Axl Rose. Second, you are correct, okay? Yes, mosh pits at metal shows can get intense. Uh, and there's a, a lot of that that can happen, but at the same, at the same time, there's a code of conduct in the pit. And I'll let my buddy Sam Astaroth speak on this one. Uh, I've done wall of deaths where people busted their nose open and like um, someone elbowed and somebody was fucking bleeding from their head. And these people in a metal show are like, yeah, fuck yeah, no problem. I'm seeing people break their legs. Yes, he is correct. There have been people who have gotten hurt at metal show mosh pits. But the important thing that he mentioned towards the end there is that while yes, the people were hurt, they also decided to continue. And that's the important thing. Choice. Whether or not you choose to continue in the mosh pit. Now, obviously, people getting hurt at mosh pits, not, nobody really wants. Not even Sam Astaroth. Uh, he pointed out as well. And like, this happens at metal shows, and I've seen people break their leg. I don't think any, any of that is ever okay. Like, accidents can happen. Um, and, you know, as long as you kind of Anytime you see someone getting hurt, generally in metal shows, the rule is you kind of attend to it. The person's safety is important. But at the end of the day, people are going to get hurt. People are going to get rough, get roughed around a little bit. It does happen. But the point is, if you're not in the pit, you don't need to worry about that. They're not going to come after you. It only happens in the pit. And if you're in the pit and you clearly don't want to be there, the crowd will help you out. 
They will help you out of the pit. If you fall down, people will make space and help you up and get you out of the pit if you don't want in anymore. That's the point. But here, it's very clear that not only did people not want to be in the mosh pit, was there even a mosh pit? People were too compressed to have a mosh pit. But also people were just so fucking compressed that really, you can't pick them up, but also people weren't picking them up anyways, even if you could. And it was complete disregard. There was even a video circling around of like a, a guest, a patron was trying to get help and other concert goers around him were just like, shut the fuck up. Stop talking! I'm trying to enjoy the show! Well, that's good for you, Apey McGee. But guess what? Other people aren't. And there is a reason why, in that regard, that it's very easy to point blame at the audience. They should have been able to perform proper concert etiquette. But there's a reason why I don't blame them. And to, tell, to explain this better, for me, I have to talk very quickly about uh, Okigahara. Now, if you don't know about this, it's a forest in Japan, I believe, uh, if I'm looking at this correctly, on the uh, northwestern flank of Mount Fuji, and it's more known by its, uh, by its more mainstream term, the suicide forest. Now, I promise you, there is a reason I'm bringing this up, okay? Because, really, like, while, yes, human beings have that place where some people will choose to commit suicide, and while I'm not saying that's a good thing, is a place that does happen. But interestingly enough, brain cells have a very have a very similar place. They have their own suicide forest. It's called public places, and you know exactly what I'm talking. If you've ever if you've ever worked in retail, you know exactly what I'm talking about because this is not something unknown. If you've ever worked in retail, you know people go to your place. They are morons. They just are, because when you walk into a public place, your brain cell is like, I can't go any further, huh? I can't go. The threshold of that target is death for me. But you go in anyways, because you got to pick some shit up. So your brain's still just like, well, it was nice knowing you. Hasta la vista. And they fucking die. And that happens all the time. Like, I've worked in a movie theater in the past, and I've seen so many people just go fuck. You could have been a Nobel Prize winning scientist, but the second you cross the threshold of a JCPenney, your immediate response is, which way is left and right? I don't know my left and right. How do babies work? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so known by this point that public places are the death of common sense. The same thing goes for concerts, which is where security comes into play here to, and the staff of the event to ensure that in the case of emergencies, this can easily be uh, dealt with, which is why security, they, at this point, they could have been better suited for the situation. They should have been better suited, but they weren't. And frankly, there's no good excuse for this. They just were not prepared for this kind of situation. And it's not really a matter of there's too many of them and there's not enough of us. There were like over 500 security guards. There were some local law enforcement as well at the event. There's no excuse for manpower. All of them could have dispersed the crowd very, very easily, as we've already seen in many riots. But the fact is, like, they were just were not prepared for when was this, for this happening. And even on top of that, even those who, like, were in the crowd and they could have noticed this, they chose to actively tell the crowd to fuck off. 
Like, there's video of people climbing the rigs of the film crew from Apple Music who were there to film the event. And they should have paid better attention because people were climbing up and trying to get their attention to be able to be like, hey, call the medic. People are dying here. But you know what the film crew did? They told them to fuck off. Like, okay, I get it, okay? Your equipment is very expensive. I'm not trying to say that it's not expensive. I know it's expensive. Cameras on their own are fucking expensive. So much so, I'm still filming with a phone camera for all of my videos. And on top of that, this microphone right here that I'm using to record the podcast, the interface which the, the microphone's going into, my laptop, all these things were not cheap. So I get it, I get it. But stop being a fucking princess and call a goddamn medic. That's not, they're not there climbing on these things because, woo, party! They're there trying to get your attention behind the camera, mind. Trying to get your attention because people are dying. That is important to notice. It's really not that hard to point out. If people are yelling at you, chances are they have something to tell you that's very important. And you are the closest people they can get a hold of. So pay attention. But on top of that, the staff as a whole were very negligent in this regard. Nobody decided to stop the performance the entire time, despite the fact that there were plenty of opportunities to do so. And the entire time, it was not possible for them. For whatever reason, either they chose not to because they didn't want to interrupt Travis Scott's performance, or they, honest to God, could not get a hold of him because he's on stage. At which point, clear communication was compromised. The staff should have been able to get in touch with Travis Scott at any point to be able to tell him to stop the show. There is no excuse for this. His in-ears are not there for decoration. And there's performers in the audience who are probably going to be like, that's not what the in-ears are for. If you have to get a hold of them, you don't need the in-ears for that. Well, to that point I say, Travis Scott is also the founder. If you have no clear contact with the founder and the organizer of your event, maybe that's a bit of a problem. Regardless of his, if he's performing or not. Something should have been put in place, but apparently there were no clear protocols set up for this kind of emergency, which there fucking should have been. They knew the attendance would probably be spiked by the fact that Travis usually encourages the wild ones to be snuck in. And on top of that, it was a pretty, it's a festival. How do you not expect a large crowd? At which point it just goes even further than that, to the point where Travis Scott really is the one to blame. Like, yes, the staff and their lack of action is inexcusable. But the fact is they are all following the command of Travis Scott, the founder, because he's not just a performer, he's the founder and the organizer of this festival. He, he put this whole thing together. People have to report to him. And it's a very important thing as well in that regard that, yes, because he's also the founder, people are going to go to him with their concerns. Like the actual Houston police chief did before he took the stage. Legit, a quote from the New York Times said, quote, the chief, of, the chief of police visited Mr. Scott in his trailer before his show and conveyed concerns about the energy in the crowd. And on top of that, he, on his stage, as we'll get into a couple minutes, he definitely would have noticed. But even despite that, on his Instagram story after the show, he claims that he never even knew. My fans really mean the world to me, and... I always just really want to leave them with a positive experience. And any time I can make out, you know, anything that's going on, you know, I, you know, I just stop the show and, you know, help them get the help they need, you know? Oh, people did not take kindly to that. 
Because that is bullshit. <laughs> There's no fucking way. Okay, so context here. If you never saw this video, I envy you. But basically, he put a black and white filter over the video and gave this kind of half-assed apology while squinting his eyes and rubbing his head with the palm of his hand as well as his clenched fist doing this, where it's like hitting his head with his fist. And it doesn't show that you give a shit. It just shows that you smoked 20 bowls before this and are just ready to go to sleep. Like, I'm really sorry that this happened. If I had known, if I had known, then I would have known and I could have, I probably would have stopped the show, but I probably also wouldn't have stopped the show anyways because the wild ones are wild, man. All right. Thanks for coming to the festival. Good night. Like, right? That's what it, that's what it was, basically. Oh, my gosh. And here's the thing. Going back to what I said a second ago, uh, performers actually have a lot of control over the crowd. Uh, and this is something that is very true. I'm not pulling the shit on my ass. This is something that's well known. And to confirm this, I actually spoke with a lot of people about this who are performers and front people. Not just Sam Astaroth, mind, who I talked with earlier, but I also talked with Gaia Gawarda of Uriel, I talked with Marty Steele of Shadow Cult, Aaliyah Day of Shield of Wings, Krista Shipperbottom of Luthero, and all of them agreed. The performer with the mic has a lot of pull when it comes to controlling the crowd. With Krista specifically saying, quote, I would have to hope it would be effective at that point, because if it was our show and people were there to see us, we would call the shots at that point. And in terms of whether or not they would have noticed, well, aside from Gaia and Aaliyah, it was a resounding, no shit you would have noticed. Now, in terms of Gaia's response, uh, she said she did mention that it would have been a bit difficult to notice in a crowd of moving bodies, but did also mention that if people were chanting stop the show and calling for a medic, it's not easy to miss, right? And if you didn't act on that almost immediately, quote, it's negligence. And in terms of Aaliyah's response, well, she was actually a lot more careful in this regard. I will give her this. She actually did not really give much of an opinion on this, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. After all, she said in her reasoning that she has not performed to a crowd of that size. And so she wouldn't really be able to give an informed opinion. And I know there's people in the audience who are going to be saying the exact same thing about everybody I just talked about. Well, how would these local performers know? They've never reached the stardom of the dreadlock god Travis Scott! Okay, A, Bob Marley is a dreadlock god, don't even add me. And B, you're right, okay, you are right. These guys are local performers and haven't performed to a crowd of 50,000 people. So, you know, that I know of at least. So, it doesn't really make my case that Travis Scott should have known if I'm just pulling testimonies from these guys. With that in mind, though, here's my wild card. Well, first of all, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on to the Zoom call here. Oh, yeah. No problem, man. <laughs> Energy went <laughs> all the way down the second I hit record, but thank you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, no, we have to talk now. Uh. I know, it's like, oh, <laughs> talking sucks. That voice, along with the sound of a drunken Scottish man who can't catch a break, was Lindsay's schoolcraft. And you might know her from her solo work or as the co-founder of Antiqua, but many of you probably know her as the former keyboardist of Cradle of Filth. Cradle of Filth. Now, if you don't know who Cradle of Filth is, well, welcome to the metal community. Make yourself at home. We've got plenty of fire everywhere and plenty of cookies. Make yourself at home. 
Because here's the thing, Cradle of Filth is a very, very popular extreme metal band. So much so that their Facebook page has over 2 million followers. And this was also, Lindsay Schoolcraft was also in the band, you know, not too fairly long ago. She was on the albums Hammer of the Witches and Cryptoriana, the last two albums before the most recent 2021 release, and she only left the band in 2020. So she was around during arguably their peak, in a way their peak in terms of their largest size of the audience. So I gotta ask, Lindsay, what was the biggest crowd you performed for? My biggest show to date was uh, going on, it was just before or just after, I can never remember, uh, Judas Priest at Vakken. And I want to say it was 2015, and that was to a crowd of 80,000 people. 80,000 people?! Oh, okay. If we're comparing sizes here, which we definitely are, Astral World had 50,000. That's the size difference alone already shows that we've got any any opinion that she gives here is definitely going to be very valid. So, in this case, Lindsay, if you saw that Vakin crowd uh, start to surge and people were getting compressed and trampled on, would you have noticed? I mean, you can just tell. Like, if you're at the front of the stage. And people are getting crushed and walked on. And like, you can just tell by looking at the audience that something's not okay. Exactly. Exactly. And here's the cherry on top of this. She wasn't even the front woman of Cradle of Filth. She was the keyboard player. And nothing against keyboard players, but usually they're further back and to the side. So the fact that she would have noticed a crowd of 80,000 people surging... What exactly is Travis Scott's excuse? The fact that he was so high he thought he was flying on Jello? Because at that point, dude, no excuses. But okay, for a moment, you know, let's all pretend, because apparently some people don't think this is true, let's all pretend that Travis Scott did notice. Because he fucking did. But let's pretend that he did notice. Well, what could have been done? Arguably, a lot more than was done. I'll give you some context here. So for context... Travis did stop the show for, like, one fan who passed out and was seizing. Which, okay, side note, this is not the most important factor, but side note, while the body was getting pulled away, Travis was doing this. And I know that this is not the most important point, but if I was going to die at a concert, the last thing I would want to hear, the very, very last thing I would want to hear, is not shitty auto-tune. Right? That's one of the worst ways to die. Just above crocodile, crocodile attack, shark attack, and just below drowning, burned alive, and going into cardiac arrest after finding out that Vakken's canceled for eternity. Now, when, uh, when he's noticing this, afterwards he did try to gauge the crowd of whether or not they were okay to continue. But this is how he did it. Two hands to the sky. Two hands to the sky. Two hands up. Y'all two hands up. Y'all know what y'all came to do. Chase me. Let's go. Oh, that's not great. If you're okay to continue drowning in a sea of people, hop on one leg. Yes, that makes no fucking sense, but that would have been as useful as what he did. Now, as you can imagine, this is not the way to go about it, as Lindsay also pointed out herself. That's just a bullshit procedure because it's like, I would threaten, like, I'm not coming, like, I'm like, if there's people that are not good, I'm like, I, I like the two hands in the sky is bullshit. Like, you know, oh, two hands in the sky when you're drowning? Like, no. 
Um, yeah, no, you're already trying no. to get your hands in the sky as it is just a brief. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'd be like, wave your hands if people around you are not okay. And I feel like I'm saying this multiple times, but exactly. Put two hands in the sky to keep going is shit compared to we're not going to continue. Wave in the air if people around you need a fucking medic. Now, lawsuits by this point are getting filed by injured concertgoers and families of the victims to make sure that they can hold this man accountable. And I hope to God that he loses all those suits. And I hope that he's never able to perform again. Because this isn't the first time that this has happened in the, in the past. People may not have died at previous shows he's done, but he has a history of riling up crowds, encouraging rough behavior, and people getting hurt. I don't think he's doing this maliciously, mind, but at this point, it's just pure negligence that he's encouraging this. And if you still, at this point, still don't think that Travis Scott should be held accountable, here's this little tidbit. How much trouble do you think he's in right now? Oh, a hell of a whole lot, because <laughs> if one of my family members died, you better believe I'd be hiring the best lawyer. Not only are you covering funeral and therapy costs, you're covering like, you know, what if those people were caretakers and that's times eight and, you know, and the 300, 300 people injured, like he's now, he has to pay for all those injuries. He didn't learn the first few times he encouraged this and now it's gotten out of hand and it's like, God, I just hope he learns. I mean, I don't know, like he needs to really be held accountable. Right. Exactly. And something we didn't actually touch on in the interview with Lindsay, but I'm going to say this here. If Lindsay was in Travis's position and did pretty much exactly what he did, I don't think she would, but if she did do exactly what he did, you'd bet she'd be held accountable as well. Because no amount of money and fame can protect you from accountability for your actions. But I'm a, pessim I'm a pessimist at the end of the day, okay? I know, I know that he's not going to learn a goddamn thing from this. He's just going to do what he did before, pay off settlements, and continue encouraging this kind of behavior. So if that is the case, and he's clearly not going to learn, what can we do to try and solve this? Well, I would argue the biggest thing is to not support this kind of behavior. If he starts acting out with this kind of stuff, maybe don't support him. Like, don't buy his merch. Don't go to his shows for your own safety, by the sounds of it. And stop giving him praise. Start holding him accountable. Stop giving him sympathy like he couldn't have known. We've already established tonight. Yes, he fucking could have known. Hold him accountable. And in terms of the venues, uh, maybe stop booking him just because he's a big name or because he's going to bring in a big crowd and you'll get a big payday. Because that's not going to help anything if he does exactly what he did at Astro World at your venue. Because at that point, you got to ask, will I get sued too? And that's something that I know is not going to end up happening, but we got to really put an effort here for this one. Because if he's not going to learn a goddamn thing from the death of people that was caused by his negligence, that doesn't mean that we can't hold him accountable. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. And that's going to wrap up this episode of MRP. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know it was very different from what we have done before, but uh, I hope that at the very least you took something from this and will hopefully all of us be able to hold this man accountable for what he's done. 
Uh, but if you want to listen to future episodes, uh, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want uh, some guests on this show, uh, someone that you know that you want me to talk to, uh, let me know. Uh, hit me up on YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at The Dot Metal Robot. And you can also check out everything I do on TheMetalRobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. I'm Tom McKay. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night.